This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Metron Garage is a company designing unique garages, condos, and other structures specifically for the auto enthusiasts. They've got eight models to choose from, including two-story options, which I think is super cool, while with a very modern look and feel to them. And they come in all sizes, and they're fully customizable. You can check out them today and start specking your own ultimate garage at metrongarage.com, where you can request a catalog or talk to someone to learn more. So be sure to check it out. I just want to give a quick thanks to Euro Classics for sponsoring this episode. Euro Classics is all about collector cars, from servicing your new BMW M5 to prepping your Porsche for the racetrack to executing a total restoration on your favorite classic. They do it all from routine maintenance to performance upgrades to appraisals and everything in between. You can learn more about its owner, Dale Oaks, by listening to episode number 65 of this podcast. And you can find Euro Classics in the Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana service area and online at euroclassics.com. Classics, C-L-A-S-S-I-X dot com. Welcome back to the Collector Car Podcast. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. And before we begin with 15 cars you need to buy now, it's actually 15 cars plus one. A couple updates real quick. I've been on the road and I will continue to be on the road for the rest of the year. So be sure to check out the Collector Car Podcast on Instagram to see some of the interesting cars I am seeing. Some of the barn finds, some of the cool stuff along the road that I have been finding and posting. I am about a week or two behind, so uh, I might mention it now. To give it a little bit of time, it will eventually show up. Last week, I was traveling to Altoona, Pennsylvania, and you'll see some really cool stuff there. A couple pics from one of my previous guests, RJ at Handle Hobby Car Corvettes on Instagram. He specializes in C3 Corvettes, but there's always some other cool stuff if you find yourself semi-close to Altoona. It's actually one of the towns next to Altoona. And in downtown Altoona, it's called Lenny's Classic Cars. If you can ever get in there, just Google it on Facebook. Uh, amazing cars, a lot of British cars, uh, some Bentley, some Jag- a, lot, a lot of Jaguars, some pretty cool stuff. He's pretty public with what he has. If you go to Facebook, you can check, check it out. He's got a really great early 50s or late 50s Thunderbird, and apparently it's like one of three that actually had a rumble seat. It's called the Birdcage. And it's the only one left known to exist. And his actual facility is unbelievable. It's an old, I think it's a four-story brick building from around 1911. And this thing is just amazing. It actually originally was built for an auto dealership, but I don't remember which one. It was one of those names, like Peak Automotive. It's not one of the ones you would recognize. It's one of those automobile companies that is now defunct and has been for a very long time. But it's a gorgeous all-brick building. Inside, he's just taking it to the nines on the interior. There's murals on the wall. One of the murals shows a scene with all of his cars painted in the mural with his friends around the cars, which is unbelievable. There's die-cast cars that the uh, restoration shop, which is on the second and third floor, they actually took the die-cast models and repainted them to match the color combinations of his cars. 
And one example of the extent that they go to, they actually turned one of those diecast models from left-hand drive to right-hand drive, <laughs> which is really insane. Now, he did show his 83 Aston Martin convertible at the Arthritis Show in Columbus, Ohio this past year, and that one's being worked on. Apparently, it's one of two that has the Vantage engine and documented from new. The other person who had the Vantage engine was part of the royal family, which is pretty cool. So really amazing stuff. They're working on an SS100, the precursor to the Jaguar, uh, in the restoration shop right now. You'll see some pictures. There's actually an actual car elevator in the building from original, from new, back in 1911. And then he also is a big James Bond fan. So there is a bar in the bar. It's just a really cool bar. It's got a neon sign that says, Shaken, Not Stirred. And inside this little bar, inside the building, he has restored slot machines. There's the original safe from the early 1900s that's been turned into a wine cave. Just absolutely unbelievable. I know he has open houses every once in a while. So if you ever find yourself in Altoona, Pennsylvania, be sure to check out Lenny's Classic Cars because he is a prince of a gentleman and his cars are truly outstanding. So it was a great time out in Pennsylvania. A long drive for me, but definitely worth it. This week, as you are listening to this right now, I will be heading back from Buffalo, New York area, actually south of Buffalo for a meeting. And I'm going to hit some cool car places in the Cleveland area. So you might see a couple pictures some of those might have to be anonymous, but you might see a couple pictures come out on my Instagram feed of some really cool cars that are somewhat anonymous. Uh, but you know what? I like to share what I can when I can. So if it's not all there, you know, just know that I'm sharing all that I can share. And then a little behind the scenes story. If you listen to the Adam Carolla podcast interview last week, you know that one of his cars was the ATS, which I honestly had never heard before. When I met him for the first time at the Quail, that's the car that we were trying to figure out. What what car is that? And neither one of us could come up with the name. I researched it afterwards. It's called the ATS. You can listen to the podcast to hear more about it. What was really cool, though, is that, that that's a car that made it onto his top 10 list. There's only 11 of them made. Only eight of them were street legal. And when I asked RM Sotheby's to do the cover artwork, which they do a fantastic job day in and day out, they actually had one of these ATSs. Uh, on site i don't know if it was for you know the restoration shop or exactly why it was on site but they were nice enough to drag it out dust it off into a photo shoot of it and superimpose it in front of adam for the cover artwork for last week's episode so if you haven't had a chance to check out that cover artwork please do so you can go to the collectorcarpodcast.com to see it it doesn't always show up on apple itunes but i believe it shows up on stitcher and other podcast services so be sure to Check that out. That was like a neat little thing that happened that was like, wow, there's only eight of them in the country, and there's one at RM Sotheby's right now that we can actually take a picture of. So that was really cool. All right, so be sure to stay tuned, like I said, some for some more pictures from the Cleveland, Erie, PA, Buffalo, New York area. And then I will be at the Muscle Car and Corvette Nationals outside of Chicago the weekend before Thanksgiving. So if you find yourself up there, if you're going to the show, please shoot me a note. Love to meet you in person. I will be judging first-gen Shelby's while I'm up there. I uh, hope to have Bob Ashton, who's one of the founders of that outstanding muscle car show, on the podcast so he can pick and tell us what his top 10 cars are. When I talked to someone in his office, they said, you know, he, re he really likes Mopars. She's like, maybe you should make it not counting Mopars. <laughs> so it could be Bob Ashton's 
Ultimate Non-Mopar Muscle Car Garage, something kind of crazy like that. So that is in the works as well. I also hope to have Courtney Hansen, who have, you have seen uh, on all sorts of different TV shows, on Motor Trend, everywhere. Uh, she will be at the big Muscle Car Corvette National Show. So I'm hoping to have her Ultimate Garage, or just an interview in general, coming up in the near future. And then be sure to stay tuned, because I'm going to start covering the 100 most important cars of all time. Now, I'll try to do this by decade, so the first grouping will be 1900 to 1920. So some fun and entertaining things coming up here in the next few weeks. Okay, let's move on to the actual subject of this podcast, which are the 15 cars that you should buy now. Now, I'm picking these not as investments, but I am picking these as cars that if you ever want these cars, now is probably the time to get them because they are not going down I will start with the ones that have appreciated the least in the most recent four months. That might sound like a weird time frame, but that's when Haggerty releases their valuation guide is approximately approximately every four months. I also have the one-year increase and then the three-year increase. And, you know, I would love to be in a spot where I could buy a car as an investment. (laughs) I'd like to think I'm that smart, but maybe I'm not. Uh, You know, as always, if you buy a car because you love it, You'll never have to worry about the price of it. All right, so number one, now this is from a podcast. The first one up is from a recent podcast about JDM cars. So I'm picking the 1989 Nissan Skyline GTR. Now what's interesting about this car, this one has not appreciated in the last four months. uh, And it has appreciated 5.8% in the last year and in the last three years. So if it hasn't appreciated lately, why am I picking that car? Well, I will tell you why, because of certain years of the first generation, the R32, Nissan Skyline GTR, Japanese domestic market car, right-hand drive, uh, they've gone through the roof in the last three months. And so, you know, all boats are lifted by the tide. Is that what the phrase is? The tide raises all boats, I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, I'm seeing some strong trends on some of these Skylines, and the 1989 Nissan Skyline GTR has not been impacted yet, so I see that appreciating significantly here shortly. Now, the next one on our list was my mystery car from a couple weeks ago, the 2008 Honda S2000 Club Racer. That's the CR model. I can't remember the exact specs. Either built 50 or 100 of them. They come with a black hardtop. Doesn't matter the color of the car. It's a black hardtop. Doesn't look great in my mind with the black hardtop. We could always just take that off. Again, this is one that has not appreciated in the last four months, but it has gone nuts over the last year, up 31.6%. Over the latest three years, up 66.7%. And while it hasn't, it's gone up 40% or $40,000 in two years. I'm sorry, that's not a three year number, it's a two year number. So it's gone up $40,000 in the last two years. I just don't see the Honda S2000s ever going down uh, the base ones or the club racers. So if you get a nice one, I'd hang on to it, you know, put 5,000 miles on it a year, enjoy it, and uh, you will never have to worry about it. All right, the next one is a 1996 Chevrolet Corvette Grand Sport, but specifically I'm talking about the convertible that has the red seats. So I think there were only 50 of them with the red seats. Now, this one in the last four months, uh, not counting the convertible, the red seats, just the Grand Sport in general, has appreciated 7%. The last one year, 7.7%. And the last two years, about 7%. So a slow grower. I just don't think those are going to go down again. All right, the next one's pretty interesting. It's the 2004 
Porsche Boxer S550 Spider 50th Anniversary Edition. So that's a lot. The last two years and one year has gone up over 20%. Most recently, the last four months, up an additional 8.3%. So that's one fairly new. You know, it's within 20 years. I think that's done depreciating, and it's obviously going up and will continue to do so. All right, the next one, this one really surprised me because if you've listened to this podcast, you know I sold one of these about three years ago, three and a half years ago. It's my 1966 Ford Mustang GT. Mine was a convertible. It was not a GT, but it was an A-code four-speed limited-slip differential car. It was a really great special car. Muscle cars and sports cars and pony cars have been a little soft uh, for the 60s, but everything's picking back up. Three-year increase is 26.3%. I'm sorry, the two-year increase, 26.3%. The one-year increase, 20.2%. And the last four months, up 9.3%. So you won't go wrong with that pony car. I did not check the other pony cars, the Camaros, any of the other ones, but I'm sure they're following suit. All right, the next one is the 1986 Lamborghini Jalpa, however you want to say it, P350 GTS. I've always loved these cars. I've always thought they were underappreciated. There was one at our Auburn sale. Go back to my Instagram feed. You'll see it. It's one of my two picks for the Auburn sale. Just beautiful cars. Rear engine. I think they're V8. Uh, Lamborghini powered, obviously. Cool cars. Uh, Two year up 29.5%. One year up 26.7%. The latest four months up 14%. So they're slowing their appreciation, but they're still doing really well. Up 26,000 dollars in the last two years. Uh, let's see the next one's the 1979 International Scout 2. So this is the one this is not the one that you take the doors off. I think that one's probably gone up even more and that's a great buy if you can get them right now. This one's gone up 77 percent over the last year, the last two years, up 15 percent the last four months. It's increased 39,800 dollars. Now, one person told me that these will never appreciate as much as, say, the Ford Bronco, mostly driven by the lack of aftermarket parts, which I find that pretty interesting. So as these prices go up, you'll see more folks making aftermarket parts, which means there will be more people getting into it, which means it'll drive the price up even more. Obviously, that will dilute itself eventually at some point, but I think there's a long way to go on the international scouts. I would get the ones that are convertibles, they have the removable doors, if possible. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong there. You know, for right now, if you got to pull the 305, whatever the V8 is in that car, just keep it and then put a 350 in it for now and enjoy it. And then you can always put the 305 back into it if you want to show it. All right, the next one is the car that's in my garage right now, the 1999 Porsche 911 Carrera, the base Porsche. So I sold my 66 Mustang for around $30,000, and I picked up the Carrera for under 20. So uh, they're really cheap right now. Uh, Mine has about 70,000 miles on it. Uh, Let's see, latest four months up 15.3%. Latest year up 24.1%, almost up $10,000 over the last two years. Those apparently was the last year of drive-by wire in 2000. They changed. You do have to watch the IMS bearing on those cars as well as the starter tends to go out. Uh, So just make sure you know what you're buying when you buy it. All right, the next one's the 2006 Audi TT Quattro. All the Quattros are going up. Latest four months, 17.9%. Latest year in two years, 38.9%, up over $10,000 in two years. And then the next one, I've talked about this one numerous, numerous times. This one is really shocking. 
1989, so basically it's 1986, 87, 88, 89, Mercedes-Benz 560SL. So forever, those are very easy to price out. If they had 10,000 miles on them, they were worth $100,000. If they had 100,000 miles on them, they were worth $10,000. So you could just do a sliding scale. Well, they have really gone up a lot recently. The latest four months, 19.7% up. The latest one year, 40.9%. And get this. The last two years, it gone up 90.3%, $54,000 up in the last two years. So find those if you can. Make sure they're clean. All right, the next one, number 11, is our 1970 Plymouth CUDA AAR. I've been banging the drum on this one for about a year and a half now, saying these prices were depressed, and they are, and they're finally going back up, up 20.4% the latest four months as well as the latest year, and then up 21% over the last two years, up $13,200 over the last two years. All right, I tried really, really hard to find a car in the 1930s, 1940s, 1950s that wasn't depreciating or was flat, and I could not find one until I finally stumbled across the 1948 Willys Jeep 463. I have no idea what that means, but 1948 Willys Jeep, latest year is up 21%, as well as the latest one year and three years. It's really just driven by the latest four months. It's been pretty much flat this entire time, and then it's up 21% the latest four months, which is only about 5500 bucks, but it's going up. All right, another Porsche makes number 14, the 1987 Porsche 911 Carrera Turbo Look. So not the turbo, but the one that looks like the turbo, but doesn't have the turbo. So it's got the flared fenders. It's got the whale tail. That one is up 22.9% the latest four months, 29.7% the last year, and 34.9% the latest two years, and that is up over $34,000. That turbo look adds 25% to the value of the base car. And the last one for the top 15 is the most expensive one, and be sure to stay tuned for uh, the, the honorable mention this is a 2011 Lexus LFA, basically any of the Lexus LFAs. I did not pick the Nürburgring one. Those have gone through the roof, and now the base, quote-unquote base LFA, is going through the roof as well, up 63.9% the latest four months, up 80.7% the latest year and latest two years. Now that is up $355,000 <laughs> over the last two years. So those are absolutely insane. Or the one that the one car that is an honorable mention is the 2010, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I think I have those model years correct. The Mercedes SLS Gullwing, not the convertible, but the Gullwing. Those things were so cool when they came out. They're mimicking the late 1950s, early 1960s. The original cars are 1.2 if you're lucky to, you know, three million dollars for one of the alloyed cars. Uh, those things have gone through the roof, and now the recent model goings are going up as well. Now, I don't have any f firm numbers on this because it's actually not in the Haggerty Evaluation Database, which blew my mind because some of the 6.3 liter AMG cars are, but not the SLS. I think they'll have those in there soon. I just know the ones I've seen kind of go through our auction house as well as some private sales have been increasing a lot. Apparently, there is an annual Gullwing tour, Gullwing Festival, Gullwing tour, and it's always been only for the old Gullwings. Well, apparently, they just allowed the new ones in. That is going to increase the values even more because you can buy the car, 
you're super cool driving it. You got the great gull wings. And then you can take it on a tour with these other outstanding, amazing gull wing cars. So those are my picks. Cars you need to buy now while they're still affordable before they go through the roof. Uh, if you have any that I missed that are super obvious, please shoot me a note at greg at thecollectorcarpodcast.com or gstanley at rmsothebees.com, r-m-s-o-t-h-e-b-y-s.com. And thanks for listening, and I will talk to all of you next week. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes, and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.